Hello and welcome to A's Plus, the San Francisco Chronicles podcast on the Oakland A's and Major League Baseball. I'm your host, Chronicle A's beat writer Susan Slusser, and today our guest is A's pitcher Chris Bassett, who will talk to us about his outlook for 2020, his thoughts on the team as a whole, and what he and the other A's pitchers have been hearing about Houston hitters for some time now. All of that coming up on A's Plus. Today on A's Plus, our guest is A's pitcher Chris Bassett, back for another season. You're one, yeah. one of the longer tenured A's players at yeah. this point, I think. You He's, and Marcus? Me and Marcus, yep. Wow. Who's going to last longer, I guess? Well, I don't know. Well, I guess we'll, <laughs> we'll see. see. We'll see. I think you've got more service time left, so. Yeah. We'll um, see. Yeah. Um, what's your outlook just in general going into the season? Because obviously you guys are coming off of two 97-win seasons in a row, two yes. wild card appearances, and essentially you have the core group returning. Right. Yeah, I, I think it's basically we have to take a step forward of getting kind of past the wild card game, pushing to win the division. Um, just doing more damage in the postseason. Uh, obviously, the success we've had the last few years is good and great, but uh, we're expecting a lot more this year. Well, I was going to kind of save it for later and ease into it, the, the Astros topic, which is kind of like, you know, what everybody's been talking about the last few months. But when you talk about winning the division, they're the right. team that won the division last two, two years. The fact that they got caught up in this cheating scandal mm-hmm. and have been punished for it, um, how, does that potentially impact the division this season? Does that hurt them in some ways that might, uh, you know, kind of trickle down for, for their success yeah. rate? I I really don't know. It's it's all it's all going to kind of depend, I think, on their team chemistry and how they can really handle that. Uh, I, I think we can't really worry about that that much, and we got to really take care of our own thing. If we're if we're worrying about them, or if we're spending our energy on what their punishments are, or what their outlook is then i think we're doing ourselves like a disservice so uh i think yeah we just got to really worry about ourselves. um obviously mike fires your teammate was kind of at the the center of this as the one guy who spoke publicly uh about allegations um there were other people who spoke to the league which i think kind of gets lost in this he's the one guy who's put his face to it what kind of was your reaction when you saw that and what's sort of been the reaction to mike um, with with all of you guys, with all the teammates, I think we're all supportive of Mike. But I think, uh, I mean, we we've we've heard of players coming out and saying they were doing this, but we've heard for three, four years of organizations calling the Astros out and nothing happened. So I think it got to a point where someone had to step up, and it was just an unfortunate situation where I guess Mike was the guinea pig of this whole entire thing, and. It, it, it sucks for Mike. I know he's dealt with a lot, um, so we're all just kind of trying to be there for him. As a pitcher, particularly, um, when you look at those allegations, and obviously you've been hearing them for a while, and I know a lot of guys had actually heard banging in previous years and things like that. How difficult, just in general, is something like that for a pitcher to deal with while you're actually on the mound and maybe having to deal with multiple signs and changes, and you know, from you know maybe even inning to inning, game to yeah. game, things like that. How how tough is that? Uh, I, I think we had a lot of knowledge of what was going on for years. So I think just the headache of having to go through all that, um, play them multiple signs, no one's on base, multiple signs, constantly mixing up signs when no one's on base. And then we're, we're getting instructed to kind of speed games up. And it's like, it's dang near impossible to do that. I mean, 
we kind of we kind of laughed, but Edwin Jackson had like a five-hour game or something versus the Astros and. 455, I think. Yeah, and that was kind of the reason why. It was like he, he knew what was going on. Everyone knew what was going on. He was like, I'm not going to get beat by this. And <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just a, it's, it's a, the whole thing's an unfortunate thing that should have never happened. So over the last few years, I, I do recall a lot of pitchers after some games saying, like, I don't know what's going on. And this wasn't even, it wasn't just the Astros that I was hearing this with, but more often I was hearing guys saying, I think I might be pitching my tip, my tipping my pitches, but then I looked at the video and I'm not, not seeing what I'm doing. Right. How Do you think this was more than the Astros? Was it maybe more prevalent? Like, how, just in general, that seems like a very frustrating thing for a pitcher is if you think you're not getting the reactions yeah. you're expecting on pitches and then you can't figure out why. Yeah. Who knows how how many organizations were doing something similar to this? I'm just very glad that I was not put in that situation in Oakland. Um, I know with Bo Mel and Emo and Bushy and those guys, we do stuff the right way here, and I am very blessed and very thankful that I was not put in that situation because I, 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 I mean, I've talked. To, we've all kind of talked about if we got traded over and what we would have done personally, and it's. It's hard to say. It really is. Um, so like I said, I'm just extremely grateful to be here and not being in the middle of that. Right. And hopefully everything's been cleaned up. Technology continues to kind of take over every sport, but right. baseball in particular, it seems like. There's talk about now robo-empires, which I think you guys are going to see this spring, right. and some wearable technologies and things like that. So mm-hmm. I'm sure there's always going to be some teams looking for an edge somehow and, and things like that. But right. um I feel like maybe we should just move on and talk about actual ba- real baseball because yeah. you're in an interesting situation. You always seem to be in an yeah. interesting situation going into every spring, partly because you are so versatile and you've made yourself more versatile, mm-hmm. I think, with kind of more than anything, your attitude, you mm-hmm. know, and your maturity. Um, but this year, it looks like, unlike last year, that there are five pretty set starters. Mm-hmm. And that means you wind up maybe in a bullpen role, maybe a six starter, maybe doing the piggybacking thing, whatever. How do you see things? Uh, honestly, I don't know, and I don't really want to think about what's going to happen just because spring is going to handle itself where it's going to all work itself out. Um, but I'm just more so excited just to kind of be in the spot physically so Bull Mount can be like, listen, it don't matter which route we go. Um, I know I can trust him in any situation, and that's, that's all I can really, really do there. When you look at the pitching staff as a whole, particularly the rotation and then some of the other options, like you, Daniel Mengden, um, you know, some of the guys from the minors, Dalton Jeffries in camp and a, a few other guys. But what do you think just in general of kind of the group that you have at the talent level? Yeah, uh, I think if you're not excited about our five, six, seven starters that we have, then you're just not really in tune with what's going on because, I mean, I think – I think our starting staff could push anyone's starting staff. So uh, that that part is very exciting. And then you obviously have a, a lot of pretty dang good bullpen arms. So uh, our pitching should be a lot of fun to watch this year. Coming up after this short break, Chris Bassett and I will continue our conversation. We'll discuss how the A's potentially not having a veteran catcher might impact the pitching staff and more on his adjustment to any role in the bullpen. Now, you guys don't have a veteran catcher this year, which is a little unusual. Josh Fegley, who came over with you and was one of the few longer tenured A's, is now right. gone. 
Um, you do have young guys that certainly um, you became very familiar with Sean Murphy. Is it a little tougher for a pitching staff when there isn't like a veteran guy? I know they, there's a possibility, of course, they could go out and sign somebody or make a trade for somebody. But right now, as we're talking, right. it's a very young catching core. Yeah, I, I think Murph's skills will kind of outweigh a veteran just because of how good he is. As long as he stays healthy, he's obviously been messed up with some random injuries. But uh, if he stays healthy, it don't matter what year and how much service time he has. He's he's one of the most special catchers in the big leagues. Um, he can literally do anything. So I think just more so just getting on the same page as him for all of him and, and the whole entire uh, staff and just learning he likes this pitches here, this pitches there. Um, here's his strengths, weaknesses. That part will will take some time, which which springs that's what springs forward. But even if you bring in a veteran, that's going to be the same exact thing. So I think I think Murph's skill set really kind of outweighs everything. Um, how was your off season? What did you do? Anything different, unusual? Did you like personally and professionally? How were your workouts? And did you do anything also fun? I obviously you have a new baby at home. Yeah, uh, the new baby uh, kind of controlled everything. Yeah, where, it. <laughs> where it was working out and then going home and helping the baby, and that was that was my whole off season. Which that nice. I still I, I loved it. I love being a dad, and uh, it definitely put everything into in perspective a whole heck of a lot more. So, uh, yeah, I mean. I said it's it's baseball and baby and that's it. Yeah, that's so awesome. yeah. Um, and how are you feeling physically and ready yeah. to go? Are you off the mound yet? Yeah, I feel I feel great. Um, extremely excited for this spring, just to see kind of how it goes, where it goes. Uh, physically, I feel great. I feel ready. Um, and obviously, we'll see getting built up or what I'm getting built built up to. And it's it just it's a fun. It's the game within the game kind of thing. Scott Emerson was telling me that um, last offseason, at one point you called him and said essentially, like, I'll pitch in any role. Like, just pitch yeah. me any time. I just want to pitch. Right. Uh, yeah, I think, I think, I mean, it's kind of public, but I mean, in the past, I've kind of fought, I fought this just because I knew, I knew going into pro ball, I could do either one. Um, I, could, I could be a bullpen guy, I can be a starter, but in the past I wanted to know which role I was well then last year just having conversations with Emo and Bowmel and stuff like that I, I I guess I more recognized and understood well my value might be doing both in the same year or even the same same month same two weeks so uh yeah um kind of embracing that aspect of it of not knowing if I'm a starter reliever or whatever it may be it's 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 kind of taking a lot I would say pressure off me kind of thing where it's just like I don't really care what role I'm in as long as like they trust me like I, I, I'm, I'm the only thing I'm doing is I'm taking pride in not just being able to do both but I want to do both at a very high level where they know hey he's starting today but like he's like he's gonna give us a really good game and then like out of the bullpen they can bring me in in any role and they have this true confidence in me that I'm just not in the bullpen just sitting down there that they can bring me in so that's what I want is the confidence where they can say listen we don't care what role he's in we we know he's going to do really good 
Uh, it seems like baseball is starting to value, I mean, obviously the, uh, the last few years, the utility player has taken mm-hmm. on greater value, um, but it seems as if the versatile pitcher is now getting recognized a little bit more too. Mm-hmm. Do you kind of sense that? Because that it used to be starters, you know, yeah. starters were sort of number one closer number two in kind of terms of I don't know star power or whatever and then sort of middle relief down at the bottom but now it seems like a guy who can do anything um Ismero Petit is a great example of that and one of the best in the game so it seems like that's really valued yeah I I think the utility whatever pitcher uh pitcher position player whatever may be is kind of almost like a lost art a little bit where it's they're becoming more valuable just because I think they're they're becoming more rare. Just, just like I mean, Chad Pender, you can throw him anywhere in the field, and he's he's gonna not only hold his own, but do it at a pretty high level. So, I just think it's almost a trickle trickle up effect of you have these high schoolers that are getting just prep for one position and one position only, and they're they just they're not like a baseball player. They're a, they're a third baseman. They're they're not a baseball player. They're a second baseman, whatever it may be. So they can't go anywhere. So. Um, and then the same thing is, it's a special, they specialize them in college, and then, like I said, they get to pro ball, and they're like, no, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a left fielder, and that's it. Right. Like, I can't go to right field. Like, it just, it's a new world to me for some reason. Right. So, uh, yeah, I think the value of a, a utility guy is just becoming more and more rare just because of kind of, like I said, the, the lower levels not developing like true athletes, so to speak. Right, and I, I, a lot of people, I think, at the end of last year, looked back and looked at your year and said, Chris Bassett was really a key for helping the A's win because you were able to do that. Right, and I mean, like I said, I, I'm taking a, a ton of like pride in just Bo Mel being able to trust me, whatever he wants me to do. Great. Chris Bassett, thanks so much for joining us on Ace Plus. Thank you. Ace Plus is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is the editor-in-chief. If you like this show, please subscribe, tell a friend, or give us a review. Follow me on Twitter, at Susan Slusser, or you can email me at sslusser at sfchronicle.com. Support A's Plus and a lot of great journalism with a subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. There are print and digital editions. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe.